You're listening to The Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaiano. I love a good framework almost as much as today's guest loves a good coffee. You know, why reinvent the wheel for yourself in any particular area when you can follow a proven approach? The framework we are highlighting today is all about clarity through a narrative lens. We are diving into the story brand framework with certified story brand guide and principal and founder of Root Marketing, Heather Frechette Crowley. The story brand framework, it's really an effective means for communication on your website and in your marketing. You know, you can use it to confidently create websites, emails, and more that actually work and bring in more people, help you get more revenue. It's also an interesting business model. You know, what started out as a methodology used in corporate agency business turned into a best-selling book, which leapfrogged into a certification and community of guides who are trained to lead their own clients through the framework. It's really a brilliant example of how you can build out an idea for more impact. So Heather is here breaking down the concepts that make up the story brand framework so that you can start thinking about how you have your own web and marketing content set up. We focus a lot in this conversation on your website homepage, which is the most important page. You know, people really make their decision to stay or go based on how you present yourself there. And Heather earmarked some great points about what to include and what to omit on this page. You know, she covers how to make your navigation work and how the copy on your page needs to answer three questions. And really just following this is going to lead you to clarity in your messaging. And we actually talk about not making people work too hard when they come to your page, right? Like that's part of human nature. And it's why frameworks are so great because they take into account so many aspects. So this episode is going to get you looking at what you do with a more refined eye, opting for clarity to connect with the right audience, expanding your reach, and bringing in more revenue. You know, these are ideas that you can implement right now. The long game is the story brand framework with Heather Frechette Crowley. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The long game? That's my approach to business. You gotta show up, you gotta do the work, and there are no quick fixes for long-term success. It takes creativity, it takes strategy, and it takes listening to the voice inside you. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, bringing you real-world business-building experiences, conversations with creators who are out there doing it now, and ideas to spark the energy in your own business. And along the way, we're going to have a little bit of fun as well. So thanks for being here, and let's get to today's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Long Game Podcast. Today is really about clarity. My guest is Heather Frechette Crowley, who is a story brand certified guide. And you know, it boils down to eight seconds. You've got eight seconds when someone lands on your website for them to understand who you are, what you do, start to make some 
connections and build that relationship and make some buying decisions. So we are talking about the ultimate in clarity today, the story brand framework and how that really applies to your website, how you can make some changes today. Heather's going to walk us through a bunch of ideas. And really, when we get into it, some of them, you're like, that's so easy and so brilliant. I I mean, how did I not think of that before? So welcome, Heather. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, Sandra. I am super excited to be here. So to start off, like, why don't you give us a quick, for anybody who is not familiar with the book, Building a Story Brand, which this framework is based off of, Mm -hmm. give us a quick, like, one minute, what is it? Yeah, sure. So as you said, it's a framework. It was created by Donald Miller. He talks about it in that book you referenced, and he essentially used it in a consulting capacity for years with big names like Ford, Chick-fil-A, Pantene, and he continues to use it in a consulting manner, but he has essentially created a program that certifies marketers to be able to use that framework and the methodology behind it. And the real differentiator is that it's a narrative-based model, and it really makes the client the hero as opposed to the brand or the business, which is traditionally how we go out. As in, right? I, I, me. I, me, me, me. Yes, right? yes, all about me. <laughs> it's all about me. Well, it still can be in your mind, but not on your website because we're going to go through some things. I mean, you know, we have all heard that term, you confuse, you lose, all of that. And like, that's really, it's really true. I mean, I, me as a web designer, I come up against it all the time. Like, mm-hmm. someone just, you land on their website and it's some, um, esoteric terms or sentence. And I'm like, I have no idea what you do, you know? So like really just starting at like the top, like what does a website need when using the story brand framework? Yeah, definitely. So one of the really tenets of the story brand framework is that as human beings, we are wired basically to tune out anything that is not related to our survival right? Mm -hmm. If it's not going to help us survive or thrive, we blank it out. And of course we do it unconsciously, but you know, it's something like in Starbucks, I know where the exits are, right? And of course I know where I go to order my coffee, but I couldn't tell you how many tables are there or how many ceiling tiles, even though I'm literally there every day, sometimes multiple times. times, Um, (laughs) But so it's just the way our brains are wired. So what happens is as business owners, we need a website. So we generally say, okay, we're going to go to a web developer, to a graphic designer, and they make this gorgeous website that aesthetically is really pleasing. But when you really look at it, you don't understand what's behind that. And that's because this graphic designer or web developer doesn't know how to turn messaging into copy. And frankly, most business owners don't either. And even use it, even lay it out that way. I mean, it. even if you had a copywriter, I've worked with a number of clients who had copywriters that just wrote stuff. And I was like, this is, this is not going to work here, you know? It, yeah, exactly. And, and what happens, especially what I find with a homepage, is that people 
want to put everything on the homepage because they think I've got to grab their attention with this. And what they don't realize is that they're actually having the opposite effect. So when you go to a homepage in your header, that above the fold section, Mm -hmm. it really needs to answer three questions. What do you do? How does it benefit me as the visitor? And how do I get it? How can I work with you? And, you know, you referenced that eight seconds, and that's a generous number. I've heard right. as, as little as three seconds. So it, it really is. And if, if we do not find the answers to those three questions in that minimal time frame, we're gone. We're not going to spend time looking at the about page and, and services. Mm-hmm. You really need to answer those three questions in that prime real estate of the header. All right. So, you know, we're on the homepage. There's your headline Mm -hmm. and we'll get into what that one liner should be. Yes. And then there's generally buttons like people use learn more, you know, like, so let's get into some of the language of this. Like what should be in that one liner and in that heading there? And Mm -hmm. also like what, like, I always think the buttons can be just a way to show your personality as well, rather than just something generic, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah, to learn more. Exa- no, exactly. So what's interesting is that we need two calls to action, really. One is that direct call to action. And that answers the question, how do I work with you? How do I get the thing you're offering? So that might be a buy now. It might be schedule a call. You know, let's schedule a consultation, something like that. But clear, not like exactly. very Yes. Factory. So there was recently, yeah. <laughs> not that long ago, this trend where everyone tried to be quirky, yeah. right? And it was like, oh, yes, I, you know, I want to be a personal chef, something like that, where really you're, you know, you're just buying soup. It's like, no, you need to be super clear and it needs to be actionable, So when you're thinking of that direct call to action, it needs to be something that a visitor can basically agree to or decline. So call now. Yes, I want to schedule a call now. Or no, I don't want to schedule a call now, in which case they would just continue scanning. What happens is when we try to be clever, when we try to be quirky, we sacrifice clarity. And again, you have to remember that in those, you know, three to potentially eight seconds, our brains do not have the capacity generally to say, oh, that is so clever and it means X, Y, and Z. I might think it's clever, but chances are I'm not going to know what it really means. And you're making people work so hard to figure something out. Yes. That's how I always approach it. Like, in clarity, it's understandable. They get it right away. They can decide to move on versus I have to figure this out. Like Right, exactly. And again, it's, it's not a conscious thing we do. It's our brain either says, yes, this is for you or no, don't bother. So it needs to be super clear. And, you know, I love cleverness and, uh, you know, the properly timed sarcasm And you can have that, but not at the expense of clarity. So you always clarity first, and then if you can weave in some cleverness, that's great. And there will be other opportunities for that as well. 
That's such an amazing point. I love that you just said that. All right. So what should that one-liner be then? Yeah. So it's interesting. A couple of things that I just want to call out before I move on to the one-liner. So if we're back on the homepage, Sandra, and we have the nav bar, in that upper right-hand corner, that is like Park Place and Monopoly, right? That is the key position. So you want your direct call to action there. If that direct call to action is schedule a call, let's say it's a yellow button. Those have you been to my website? Words, I have a schedule you call <laughs> yellow button on my right. <laughs> Love it. So you need to have that same yellow button and those same words throughout the homepage. You have to remember, too, that it's some astronomical number of percentage of people who are viewing this on their phone, so Mm -hmm. on their mobile device. So you want to avoid making them scroll back up, right? So if they get to the bottom of your homepage, that's great. But And they say, hey, I want to work with this person. I want to schedule a call with Sandra. Don't make them scroll back up. And I know it sounds really simple, but we are so spoiled as a population and everything needs to be instantaneous. All right. Let me ask you one question about this. I have people who ask me this all the time. Should it be schedule a call or schedule a free call? Yes. So that is a great question. You know, I think my father would say it's six to one, half dozen to the (laughs) other, right? That's our great New England saying. Honestly, I think it it depends on a few things, right? Obviously, the industry. I think that we are trained now with the abundance of coaches and consultants. That intro calls free, right? I think so. So you click on it. If then you're going to charge, then on that second page, obviously, it would pop up. So I would say the fewer the words, the better. As tight and concise as you can get it. Awesome. Yeah. And another thing, uh, tell us while we're on that navigation area about, you know, I know you have mentioned to me about cluttering that up and, you know, you want to declutter the nav bar. Again, make it clear and concise. Right. So what happens is we, you know, the nav bar on most of our homepages is like a yard sale. We just put everything out because we want everybody to know, look at look at what we have. We have services. We have a team page, you know. And all that does is it distracts from that main call to action. So you put those that basically only the essential buttons should be in the nav bar. Everything else can really go kind of in the footer section which in story brand is often referred to as the junk drawer, right? It's nice to have. It's not a necessity. A lot of times the about us is down there, right? So yeah, really? sure. So I love to know about, about us up top. Exactly. Pivotal people right. think. I know. And that's because we're trained to say, look how great I am. Look how wonderful my team is. And at the end of the day, people don't care. And that's, that's probably... Um, the biggest challenge that I address with clients. And obviously I try to say it in a little bit of a kinder way, but that's, you know, you have to meet people where they are. And another one that I always say as a web designer is 
social media icons in the junk drawer as well. Yes. Because you put them up top and then it's the yes. first thing people see. They hop off your website to Instagram and they never come back, right? Exactly. Like, we all have squirrel minds, right? Oh my gosh, squirrel. So if you put something up there, I'm going to click it and I might go to Instagram and yeah, I might start on your profile, but then I'm going to go to Sandra's. And then 20 minutes later, I forgot why how I even got there. So exactly, Sandra, put anything that could be distracting that's not necessary in that junk drawer area. All right. So nav clarity. Yes. Call to action button on the top right. Yeah. Now we're at that above the fold with our calls to action and our one liner. Right. Right. What are we saying there? How much text should be there? Like, tell us about that whole, how to be clear there. I hate to be that consultant that says it depends, but it depends. (laughs) It, you know, obviously on your industry, on your audience, the one liner itself is really made up of three components, the problem, the solution, and the benefit. Obviously you provide your offering is that solution. So I always think of the one-liner as kind of an extension of that header. So your one-liner verbatim will likely not be in the header, but it definitely can be kind of a creative jumping off point. So, you know, in terms of of a one-liner, and again, this is really the elevator pitch, just kind of a quick way to grab someone's attention. So for instance, with you, Sandra, your one-liner as, say, a web developer, and I know you're so much more than that, or let's say course creator. So the problem is people struggle to create their own courses. There are so many components. People struggle to do that. So the solution is working with you, your program, your X course, and the benefit is that they get a successful course without really struggling and banging their head against the keyboard and wasting time and money. You know, so we could, we obviously would put that together a little bit more succinctly, but you want to make sure that those three components are in the one-liner. And the one-liner is great to use at networking events. Now that we're you know, we're back. People are gathering again. So when someone asks at the barbecue, you know, so what do you do? Oftentimes our tendency mind would be like, oh, marketing, right? Well, I don't know what that is. Someone who's not in the industry and even people who are in the industry, it's such a broad term. So I really, really tighten it up and say, you know, a lot of service providers, they always have this constant need for content and they just can't meet it. So that's what I do. I create content for them so that they can remain in touch with their audience and remain on the platforms that's going to continue to grow their business. So then how much does the one-liner relate in the framework to the headline? Because the one-liner is pretty much what you do in a succinct way. So how is that working with the headline if we're going down the homepage now? Yeah, it is. So when you create a one-liner, you have a little bit more flexibility because in your mind, you're using it 
at a networking event, right? So you want to engage, engage someone. So you could say, you know, I could just say, oh, I'm in marketing. That's not engaging anybody. When I, they say, oh, that's nice. But when I dive in and I say, look, I work with service providers. They're constantly struggling to meet the demands of our social media platforms today and email lists. That might trigger something in their mind where they're like, oh, yeah, my friend Dave is always complaining that he, you know, needs to create more content. So something like that, it gives you a little bit more flexibility. But when you're on that header, it needs to answer those three questions. What do you do? How does it help your audience? And what do they need to do to get it or to work with you? Awesome. And then, so you have that header, then your distinct calls to action with your clear buttons. Yes. Yes. So you're going to have that direct call to action, as I mentioned. And then there's another call to action that we refer to as a transitional call to action. Mm. And basically the point of that is to give someone kind of an off ramp. So if somebody says, whoa, I don't want to book a call with you yet. You know, I don't want to commit 20 or 30 minutes then that's okay. The transitional call to action is generally like a downloadable piece, kind of an opt-in, a lead generator, something that they can consume without having to actually talk to you, right? Without having to really put much into it. Right. And that is like relationship building. You know, that's something that we talk a lot about. And, you know, it's funny because I literally got a text this morning from a woman who I have met when I lived in Brooklyn, like, I think before I even had kids, so my son is 13 years old now, right? So that far back, 15 years ago, and we've kept in touch all this time. And she literally sent me a text today that said, from the first time I met you, I knew I wanted to work with you, but it's finally coming around now. Marty, if you're listening, it's for you, girl. (laughs) But like that is relationship building. And just, we enjoyed each other, of course, like over the years it was, but that That's the piece, right? Like Exactly, exactly. And we, you know, we're so conditioned now for instantaneous results. And that's where- Long game, it's a long game. Yes, yeah, that's a perfect name. That's why I love love the name of this podcast because it is all about the long game. And so we think, well, if someone comes to my website and they don't click book a call, then, you know, then obviously they're not ready to buy and, and I don't need to hear from them now. But you do need to hear from them because it, as you said, it's all about nurturing. And that's where your email nurture sequences come in. You know, things you want to stay on their radar. If you had not stayed on this contact's radar in some way, shape or form, they clearly would not have reached back out to you. So it is about the long game and really creating the ability to have that relationship. So if you only have a direct call to action, and if you don't regularly reach out to your email list, that's really a recipe for disaster because you're cutting yourself off. You're isolating yourself and you are really 
robbing people of the ability to reach back out in six months or six years when they say, oh my gosh, I'm finally creating a course or creating a website. Right, totally. I was just laughing because I was in my head thinking when you're like, that's, and I'm like, bro marketing, because they're just like, pay me now or adios, (laughs) right? Right. right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just a little, just a little aside. Um, So, you know, as we go down, like the one thing that I really like about this, and and I want you to like continue on with this homepage, because that's something that everyone, we're going to put a link because Heather offers a homepage audit as well. So I'm going to link to that. So she can actually come to your site and tell you what you need Mm -hmm. to do and walk you through some things. But like with these steps and even that transitional piece, like it's relationship building, it's guiding people through the mm-hmm. process, you know? And so that's one of the things I really like about the story brand framework is that it is like, here's how to do it. You want to work with me? Here it is. Yeah. So let's talk some of that. Exactly. On- and that's why, right, story brand, when you're certified, you become a certified guide, right? They use the term guide. When we use that narrative framework, and again, it follows the narrative of movies, of books, you can't just have a hero, right? So if there's just a hero, if it's just Matt Damon and he's not doing anything. Boring. Yeah, right. And there are no issues. I mean, yeah, I'd watch him for a while, but eventually I would be like, okay, what's happening here? So really it starts with the hero, which is your client, your audience, and then they have a problem. And That is a super important part that you really need to nail. And oftentimes when I come in to work with a business, they may think they know the problem that they solve, Mm. but when they go and they're looking at that target audience, it could be a very different problem. So we need to make sure that we are really dialed in on the problem that we solve. And then it's interesting because when you look at kind of the arc of the narrative, there's a hero. They have a problem. They meet a guide, right? And so in Star Wars, the guide is would be like Obi-Wan Kenobi. And that guide is there to really show them the way. Because again, it comes back to holding attention. And if there are no other characters, if it's, again, just the hero, there's nothing to capture our attention. There's nothing to keep it. And remember, our brains zone out very quickly. So that's where the guide comes in. And the guide's job is to help the hero win the day, right? Whatever that looks like. For you, it could look like launching a successful course. So to help them win the day. You have to really kind of add a a few more components to it. So you have the guide, but then that guide needs to actually call the hero to action because we're not going to do anything unless we have to. And that's, that's true for heroes too, right? So like if we, if the bomb wasn't going to detonate, there'd be no reason for us to try to undo the wire. So that's where that call to action comes in, that direct call to action. And again, the transitional call to action, which gives the hero the ability to make a move. And then 
really the last two, um, sorry, there's one other step there that we want to put in, and that's the plan, which you referenced. So oftentimes people might come to a website and they say, oh, wow, this is great. But literally, what do I do next? And again, it's so overwhelmed that we are likely to just close the website. And maybe I go to your competitor's website who has a plan. And I think, oh, that's so much easier to work with them. So I liken it to, you know, kind of when you order at McDonald's, right? They're like, okay, what do you want in your Happy Meal? Do you want nuggets or cheeseburger? You know, okay, nuggets. What do you want? Do you want fries or apple slices? Obviously fries. Yeah. And (laughs) I don't know why they (laughs) offer the apples, but anyway. And then, you know, your drink, chocolate milk, water, whatever it is. So that makes it super easy. If we, if I were to go to McDonald's with my daughter and just say, look at the menu, it would not end well, right? First of all, the line for the drive-thru would be insane, but it would just be (laughs) crazy. So we have to break it down and they make it super easy. Something it could look like with a realtor, for instance, what you want to do is make that step. And it should not be more than four steps, Sandra, really ideally three. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people say, but I can't do that. There are more than three or four steps and that's fine, but I want you to be able to umbrella each step. So maybe, you know, step one for a realtor is tell me what you're looking for in a home. Obviously, there are other steps in there. Someone right, right, but that's your broad. You're making it easy and making that plan attainable for them. Exactly, and it's all the perception, right? So we know clearly. I can't just meet with a realtor once and then I have a home. We know there are other steps in there, but when we simplify it with those kind of umbrella headers, that allows our brains to digest it really quickly and to understand. So again, it's important we give them a plan. This is this is how you win the day. One, two, three. And then this is the part where sometimes people get a, a little um a little wishy-washy because we don't want to become fear mongers, right? So I always say, if you don't work with me, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna die alone in a van, right? Down by the river. <laughs> you may, but for different reasons. But it really we need to put some stakes in there. So what happens, you know, Sandra, if I don't work with you to create a course? Well, 100% in the same space next year, right? I'm going to continue to waste time, continue to feel frustrated. And I think, you know, those are points to bring up that you know, we talk a lot about like the icky marketing, like yes. that's not an icky marketing piece because it's just kind of the reality of like, hey, you will stay stuck if yes. you don't take this step. And right. I'm just saying that I'm not, you know, there's not a big, like you're getting run over by a truck if you don't, you know, type exactly. of thing. It's exactly. not threatening, it's- but it is because part of this, you know, when people say, how do I, how do I move someone without scarcity, without timers without launching at, let's say, an evergreen product type of thing. It's like you use these pieces to help people say, yeah, I have been, because most people come and say, I've been thinking about this problem for a while. Exactly. We forget sometimes, Sandra, that the status quo 
is an issue, right? There's a reason why I'm reaching out to you. And so one of those potential, and I'm kind of using air quotes here, failures is that nothing changes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay stuck. You know, at the end of the day, if there's nothing at risk, if I don't work with you, then there really is no reason for me to work with you. So we have to paint that picture of success, failure. Success, obviously, is what happens if I work with you and I'm kind of on the other side of this boulder. So you want to paint that picture. You have a successful course. You've built credibility and authority. And you use, we, you know, you use kind of the, the failure sparingly, right? And when we use it, it's like salt in a recipe. A little goes a long way because you don't want to turn someone off, right? We don't want to doomsday. But it is important to be able to include those factors in there. And it's also like another way to term that is like, what's it cost you to not, you know, if you don't like the failure piece? Like, it's like, there is a cost for staying stuck, you oh, know? Yeah, and it like, could I've worked that all out for my own brand. I'm like, okay, yes. you, know, you will be in the same place. You will not be making money. And right. because things are an evolution as well. So like you need people to get started. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And a lot of times, you know, it can be when you're really dialed into your audience, you feel their pain, right? So yeah, it could be like, don't walk into your office every morning and feel like a failure because this list is is staring you in the face. Right, right. Because you know that's what happens every morning that's on their list. So yeah, so use, use paint the picture of success and then obviously the, the stakes. What's at stake if I don't work with you? And I love also, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking like, These are things that you could repurpose as well. You could create social media posts from what you write and what the work that you do with people. I mean, I do just want to say like, as a story brand guide, you take people through this process. I've done it with you where I've written out the whole, Mm -hmm. the whole story, the whole plot, all of these items. And it gets me thinking like there's content that you can use in other places to draw people in when you do this work. Yes. Oh my God. A hundred percent. So yeah. So there are seven components to that framework and basically any marketing should pull from one of those seven buckets, Mm. any messaging, any outreach, whether you're creating social media posts or your monthly newsletter or website copy. Once you get those seven things nailed down, those are guardrails basically forever until obviously things change and you reposition, et cetera. But those are the buckets where you're going to be pulling from. So it really is a way, again, I I say always definitely to service providers, like don't let your content well run dry because once it's dry, it is 10 times harder to fill it back up. But I always like to get people thinking too, like, this is how you use what you're already doing. Like doing this work is about your whole business, not just your website. You know, like that's the thing. It's about all of your messaging. And so when you get clear on all of your messaging, it's easier to talk about it on these different platforms and create content in these different ways. And some of it's done for you because you are literally creating that together with someone. Yes. Exactly. And and it's right. We've really kind of been focusing on, on a website because everyone has one and that's a very tangible piece. 
but it, things like nurture streams, sales sequences, you know, that type of email outreach you do, that you always want to make your client the hero. And so there are ways that we weave that in because that's what's going to draw your audience into the story. And let's just like, give me one example. Like, I don't care what industry of like, how does that look making someone the hero? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how does that something we can all kind of, I know we mentioned a little bit like, oh, for me, it's, you know, they have a problem with the course and it's successful. So like, give us another piece just to drive that home. Yeah. So a lot of it is going to be nuanced, right? And it's going to be in the way you position it. So kind of traditionally, the website would say like, I'm Sandra. I have 20 years of experience doing this. Look at my portfolio. This is how fabulous I am. And it would have very little mention of the audience, of the clients. Kind of with StoryBrand, you position it by pulling in those pain points so that they kind of self-identify and raise their hand. Have you been struggling to create a course for years? Do you wish you had another way to create income? Things Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. Once people start realizing, hey, this copy is about me, this is about my problems, that automatically puts them in that key position, in that key role. And then you as the guide really become that supporting role that's going to guide them through. So it's not, you know, we won't say like, you're the hero. It's a much more nuanced way. But again, it's psychologically and subconsciously, we say, oh, we better pay attention to this because she's talking to me. She's talking to my pain points specifically. I think this is also something people can grasp when we talk about the about page. I have always for years been like, it's not about you. It's about your, you know, because people will write. I have literally had people write me like two full Google Doc pages worth of, I'm like, this is not a resume. This is not, you know, this is like, here's what I do and how I can help you. And then I'm like, yeah, you can put like on weekends, I like walks on the beach. It's fine at the end with my dog, right? Like, you know, you want to personalize it, but Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, that also is starting to think of this idea of stop leading with I, 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 here's what I do. Exactly. And I think the about page is always a little bit of a tricky section, particularly for people who are doing it themselves, because We don't know what to say. We feel weird kind of bragging. And so then we create this word salad that kind of ends up being like a resume and like a personal profile combined into one. So when you're writing the about section or the about page, it's important to remember that if you're including something in there, it should be relevant to the audience in some way. So the fact that I worked in marketing for Fortune 500s, that's relevant because it builds my authority and credibility. And those are two really essential components that the guide in the story wants to express. I know. We didn't mention those yet. And let's take a minute to talk about authority and credibility because those 
can come off in a, in a number of different ways. You can tell people, you can show people, you know, through press logos or logos of your clients mm -hmm. or images of you and famous people, right? Like how, yeah. you know, let's exactly. talk about that. And testimonials are great because that's a great way to show your credibility and build authority in kind of a not, I want to say in kind of a passive way, right? So it's not- right, Through the words of others rather exactly, than an I. Exactly. Right. And as you said, depending on the website, showing logos, if they're highly recognizable is a great way to do it. But you basically want to show your authority in that you know what you're talking about. And again, not everything has to be done on the website. So you can do that through regular blog posts, social media tips, you know, whatever you share, there are different opportunities where you can show, oh, wow, yeah, she does know what she's talking about. She does get me. Things like that. Oftentimes, business owners become kind of obsessed with the website and wanting to put everything on the website and the truth is, people do not read websites, they mm -hmm. scan them, okay? So we spend all this time trying to get the, the wording just so, and at the end of the day, like you're probably one of the few people who read it verbatim. Right, and you've been to it so many times. I hear people be like, I'm sick of that. And like, I'm this summer embarking on a redesign of my own website, and I know I've talked with you about it, and... But I think I'm not changing this picture and this statement mm -hmm. because people comment to me about my statement that says, anyone can build you a website. Anybody can design a website. I can build a business, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so I was like, I don't need to rewrite what is working, right? And what connects with people. Yes, exactly. And that's the goal of it, right? Is, is sometimes we become so distracted by thinking we need to have it a certain way that we forget what the point of it really is. And again, it very much depends on the industry. You know, if you're doing e-commerce and people can buy products right there, that's definitely a different hundred percent. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. That's a whole, a whole nother take on things. Like, yes. you know, buy now the product versus right. sign right. up for a course or a coaching package or things like that. Right. So I love that you talked about how it goes into email campaigns as well, because it is, like we said, once you do all of this work, it informs all of these other parts of the process, you know, mm -hmm. like we know whether we like it or not, and whether we like to use the words or not, that there's a sales funnel going on, yes. you know, like, and whether you deny it or not, you have one <laughs> if you're doing business online. And part of that is the email campaigns and that transitional call to action, as you call it, which is that lead generation opt-in piece to get people to know you. So all of these components are part of this. Yeah, they really are. And behind that, there has to be a strategy, right? So if you're just sitting down on Monday and saying, what am I going to write about this week? right? That's probably not the best. That's like, how do I feel right now? <laughs> Strategy. So it's important to be able to ladder it up to the overall goal. And that really is where we call it the brand script, which is really go taking you through those seven steps of the narrative. And that's where that comes in. 
And that really is, is going to guide you so that you don't have to struggle with what do I write about? You look at your messaging guide or your brand script and you say, oh, these are the five key problems that I solve. Boom, it's there. It's very easy once it's there and you don't have to recreate the wheel every time. Totally. And I'm going to just say one of the benefits of working with with you on this is that you have heard different scripts. You've seen things like, I went through this process with you. I have my own brand script Mm -hmm. for things that, and it's so interesting to kind of say, oh, well, it's one thing to kind of brainstorm yourself, Mm -hmm. but it's another thing to have a person to bounce ideas off of and Oh, we should rewrite that sentence, you know, like write that out in a different way. So it is beneficial people to go and get, get the guide, go get yourself the guide. In a transcript. Yeah. The guide, right. We live it, right? So what's clear to us is not necessarily clear to someone who hasn't spent six hours focused on it. So yeah, it is really helpful to have another perspective, to have that second set of eyes saying, you know, I'm not really sure what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. So that really digging in is helpful. Oh, 100%. Especially when you want to go off on some flowery talk about something and to say, what does that mean, right? Right, exactly. And I think I see this a lot, Sandra, particularly in, in the coaching space. I think that in an effort to not exclude, we become really murky and it's hard for us to attract anyone. So with coaches, a lot of of female executive coaches say like, become in alignment, right? And that sounds really pretty. I literally do not know what it means, right? My alignment is probably different than yours. But if you say something like, I help women find jobs they don't hate, like, oh, yeah, I get that. That speaks to me. I know what. Is it as flowery? No, I'm probably not going to put it on a T-shirt, but I'm going to know what it means. And that's the power of clarity. And that also, it just connects with the audience so much better because then you can say, yes, I need a job. I I need somebody to help me get the job that I want. Yes, yes. Yeah. Rather exactly. than being in alignment. Yeah. I'm always getting the um, the live your best life. And I appreciate yeah. the sentiment, I, but I'm always like, no, we have to go like, what does that right. mean? Right? right? What does I that mean? I don't know what my best life means. Otherwise, I I'd probably be living it. Right? I don't know. Maybe I am and I don't even know it, Sandra. I don't. <laughs> so I, I always try and dig that one. That's one I get a lot. And I try and yeah. dig a little, dig them out of that hole. Well, this has been so informative and, you know, I want to make sure everyone knows you've got a homepage audit, $99 on your website. We're going to have links to it, rootmarketing, um, mktg.com, and we'll have links to everything. And you can just go also and check out Heather's Coffee Obsession. (laughs) She wasn't joking when she's in Starbucks more than one day. Um, And she also does a really cool thing. If you follow her on Instagram, her thank you Thursdays, and she's thanking different brands for what they're doing out in the world marketing wise. And it's really cool insight into what some of those bigger brands are doing. And again, I'm always one who says we can get so much from knowing what those other brands who have all this money for R&D and are putting all of this into it, like we can learn a lot from 
knowing what they're doing and just kind of keeping the finger on the pulse there. So thank you so much. And, you know, everyone links to go check out Heather um, on the show notes. Oh, it's been great. Thanks so much, Sandra. Yeah, I'm excited. And, you know, I will let you know on some things when my website's out, because I'm going to put some stuff. I'm going to do some of the work that we've done on there as well. So. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. And we will see you next week. Thanks, Sandra. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more information, links mentioned in this episode and the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on and leave a review. Both of these make a really big difference. All right. Until next time, keep playing the long game.